0: Popular Pig is also made possible by Johnsonville Foods, Swine Robotics, SwineWeb.com, and Innovative Heating, the manufacturers of Hog Hearth.
1: Welcome to the Popular Pig Podcast. My name is Matthew Rota, your host for today's episode. Today we're going to be talking about setting yourself up for a smoking summer with Mr. Pitmaster Greg Delora. Thanks for joining us today, Greg.
2: Thanks for having me. How are you doing today?
1: Doing great. So where are you from, Greg? What's your background? And uh, tell us what you do.
2: Sure, originally from Chicago. I grew up in the Midwest, went to school actually at the University of Iowa, now living down in Atlanta. Uh, today, I am the global director of e-commerce sales for Masterbuilt Kamado Joe. And what that entails day to day is overseeing all of our digital business across, across the globe.
1: So you grill, you smoke. I you do. sell them to the world. I do absolutely perfect job for me. So you had a very unique introduction to the swine industry. I mean, you were kind of in it for three, four months, right? Well, and you, you went to AASV. You, you, I mean, you went to just about every conference you could think of that the industry admires. So, I mean, what was that like? What are some of the things you did in the industry, and and what was your perspective on the industry over that time frame?
2: You know, I, I think my perspective over the industry, what, what struck struck me the most is as primarily having been a consumer, you don't put a lot of thought into what goes to getting the food on your plate. I was very struck by the uh, the intensity of the people in the industry, the compassion, the kindness, the caring, all that goes into it. You know, you don't necessarily think about that when you're just a consumer. And I was very impressed by how much science is behind it, how much effort, how much love, how much caring. It's just full of really good people, and I really enjoyed getting to meet everybody and get to learn everybody. And I know more now about the agriculture supply chain than I, I ever had before.
1: So you went you went to AASV, and you had the opportunity to meet with a lot of veterinarians there. What was that like to see it from a veterinary perspective?
2: Uh, you know, it was, again, it was interesting, just the amount, of, you wouldn't think that that much kind of care and, and compassion for the animals would put into it. And it really is. There's a lot of care, a lot of compassion. Uh, the amount of energy to make sure that the food is safe when it hits our plate. And it's it's the best quality, highest quality is really, it was shocking to me because again, it's just a consumer. It just, you go to the store, it's in the little plastic wrap, you pick it up, you take it home, you throw it in your grill or smoker. So to learn all that goes into that was really impressive.
1: And, and it was pretty cool too, because in that short time window, you also got to meet with Noel Williams. Who uh, is in charge of Iowa Select? You got to meet Randy Stacker, who's globally regarded as the godfather of the modern pork industry. You yeah. got to go to the Alltech One One conference, and uh, then you also got to go on what was it a three day uh, excursion through Dr. Larry Ruff's facilities over in Indiana.
2: Yes. Three days with Dr. Larry Ruff, which was a phenomenal experience. Again, just to, to get to be a part of that, to get to see the process from, from birth to, to finish, to get to interact with the animals, to get to interact with the veterinarians, and just these people who are in a large way responsible for how the pork ends up on my master built smoker today. It was a neat yeah, experience. And you guys did
1: everything. You guys, you sold, I mean, you guys are free labor for them, right? Like you were selling pigs. You're doing everything.
2: We loaded them into a, uh, into the truck there. Yeah. I got stepped on by one bit by one. (laughs) It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, really enjoyed it. And, And Dr. Ruff, an amazing individual, uh, Randy stacker, amazing, amazing individual. Just a lot of fun to be around those guys. So
1: back to grilling. Getting yep. it back on the grill. You put it right on the truck, man. You went, you went as far as you could have pretty much before it came to you to grill. Right. Um, what are the signature pork items that people just need to get on the grill or smoker?
2: Sure. You need to do a pork butt. I mean, that is the go-to. That's the the easy. Everybody does a pork butt. Pork ribs. Ribs are phenomenal. Uh, pork chops. Those are things that are are great coming off a smoker, great coming off a grill. They're relatively easy to manage, especially if you're newer in the space. But I would encourage everybody to do at least one pork butt on a slow smoke in their lifetime.
1: So what does that look like? How how do you, so if I'm in the store and I'm looking at the counter, what's the pork yep. butt? What are other names for the pork butt? What, sure. What's the process?
2: Sure. Most Most places are going to call it a Boston butt. You're going to see a bone in or boneless Boston butt. You want to grab that. That's that's a pork butt. Uh, you're going to take that home. You're going to smoke it about 45 minutes to an hour per pound. You want to get it, you know, nice and seasoned before you put it on. You're going to put it on about two and a quarter, two twenty five. Smoking about 45 minutes to an hour per pound. You're Going to get it to about 190 degrees internal temp. Uh, depending on the size, of your your pork butt, it's either a, an all day thing or half a day thing. But it comes off and it's flavorful. It's it's tasty. It's a forgiving meat, which is the great thing about pork, pork butts. If you, if you cook it too long, it's okay. If you don't cook it long enough, it's okay. You can put it back on. It's a great meat. And then it's very versatile, very versatile.
1: That's what I was going to say. There, there's so many things you can do to that, to that cut. And it, a fun thing too, is like a lot of people call it the Boston butt and the butt, but it's really the shoulder. So you have a lot of people you yeah. talk to that have never done anything with pork whatsoever. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not the ham. It's actually the shoulder. It's the the
2: shoulder, right? But, you know, coming off of that leftovers, I'll I'll use it to make pizzas. I'll use it to make uh, jalapeno poppers. I'll use it just to make sandwiches. Uh, One of the things I'd encourage your audience to do, jump on our social medias. You know, for Masterbuilt and Kamado Joe's, our two brands, jump on our websites. There's a lot of recipes. They're very recipe focused. Uh, You'll see the communities are very interactive. They're talking to each other. They're encouraging each other. Uh, they're giving tips They're, you know, they'll debate 225 degrees versus 230 degrees. I mean, it's a lot of fun to be a part of, but you also get all those different things you can do with a, you know, an eight pound pork butt's going to cost you two, three dollars a pound. So it's an affordable cut and you will get all eight pounds out of it. There's so many different things you can do.
1: Yeah, you know, know, I'm and, like getting a T-bone where you're really not getting the full, the full weight out of that.
2: Right, right. And I always tell people, my children won't eat ham, but they love pork butts.
1: <laughs> you know, so it's
2: just, it's it's just such a flavorful meat. It's such a versatile cut of meat that it's it's fantastic to have,
1: for sure. So now you're a rookie griller, right? You're not yes. yeah split master yet, like you. No. And right. uh, you're just getting started. What are some of the do's and don'ts if if I'm just trying to start learning how to smoke or or work with pork?
2: Yeah, I think the do's are again. I'd say do start with a pork butt, a Boston butt. That's again, it's it's a great starter piece. I would encourage you to watch some YouTube videos, whether, you know, jump on our socials, jump on somebody else's, kind of get a feel for what it is. And then just have at it. It's, you know, you can't ruin it, especially a pork butt, which is why I love those. You can't ruin them. Give it a shot. If you're doing a long smoke, stay under 250 degrees. You know, keep that temperature down. It's, you know, in the industry in the biz, we'll call it low and slow. Um, You know, give yourself enough time Don't don't say to yourself, "Well, it's four pounds." Greg said on the podcast, "An hour per pound. I need four hours." Sometimes meats take longer. You know, you'll hit something, Matt, in the middle of a smoke called the stall, where it just stops cooking, so to speak. You know, be patient with that. Let it work through the stall. It gets through it. So always give yourself a little bit extra time. And have fun. Have fun with it in the summer outside in the backyard. Something on the smoker. That's uh, that's a good Saturday.
1: Yeah. And it's an art, right? Like if somebody treats this as an art and like, this is an experiment every single time you're searching for the impossible, perfect, or maybe it's not impossible every now and then you find it. It's just, it's fun,
2: right? It's, it's, you're searching for better to better this time than last time. And and people come to me and say, I didn't have the perfect smoke ring. I didn't have the perfect bark. And I always come back and say, did your family eat it? Did, did it get thrown away or did everybody eat it and come back for more? And if they if they ate it, they came back for more and none of them hit the garbage can, you did good. And then you look at it and say, I wish it had more smoke ring next time. So you go back, you put more hickory chunks in and you you get more smoke ring.
1: So in the smoking process, when when does the meat absorb the flavor of the smoke? Is that early on? Is it later on? Is it throughout the whole process?
2: It's the first four hours. So what I tell people is that first four hours you hit it with smoke, and then at that point, just to protect it, go ahead and wrap it in butcher paper, aluminum foil. It's going to take in smoke for four hours, and that's it.
1: Uh, and what and I how can you control that the smoke the ring?
2: So it, it's it's the thickness of the smoke. So if I'm doing a if I'm doing an eight pound pork butt, what I'll do is probably take two or three chunks of hickory, and I put that into the fire. So I'll get my I'll get my charcoal going, get my coals lit. I'll put the hickory in, let them start to get burned a little bit and, and make sure you soak those in water first so they smoke and don't burn. You get them into the charcoal, you let that smoke start to come in, then you set the you set the rest of the grid up, you put the pork butt on, and it's going to catch that smoke in those first four hours. And, and what you're looking for is coming out of the top of the smoker, just that clear white smoke. You know, I gotcha. always tell people, I was tell people if the Vatican's indicated you have a new pope, you've got enough smoke going. Um, If they're coming out saying we didn't elect a pope, your wood's on fire and you want to do something about that. You don't want black smoke. You want white.
1: Yeah, because that ruins the whole thing.
2: Well, black smoke just means the wood's on fire and it's just you're not going to get the flavor. You're going to get a a campfire flavor, not the smoke flavor. So, again, I should have said that at the beginning, but for your audience, soak the hickory in water before it goes into into the smoker.
1: That's a great tip. And even I'm, I'm, I didn't do that. So that's, that's really helpful. Uh, You had said that the, so when we look at consumers and all the pork they're buying, you Mm -hmm. have the, the pork you smoke, the pork you grill um, over a long period of time. You got Mm -hmm. ribs, you got all this stuff that, that takes time. And, but then you also have pork chops. And while people, it's hard to screw up a pork butt, really easy to screw up a pork chop.
2: Yep. Uh, pork chop, I always do mine 350 to 400 degrees. I do mine about uh, three to four minutes per side. And what I'd tell your audience too is remember when you pull it off the grill, it doesn't stop cooking. Mm-hmm. So there's this key thing called the resting period. You know, when you pull it off, wrap it in aluminum foil, kind of tent in aluminum foil, so not a tight wrap, a little bit of air gets in and let it rest for usually about five minutes. You'll get that rest of the cook done. You're going to have a nice, just perfectly cooked pork chop.
1: Yeah, I know they're starting to market now, like 145 degrees internal temp with a three minute rest is like, yep. shoot for that, but then you can start to experiment and play after you get the basics.
2: Right. And, yeah. and it also depends on how, you know, how done do you want your pork chop? Yep. You know, you know, a common misconception there is you can't have your pork chop be at medium. You know, it doesn't yeah. have to be, doesn't have to be hockey puck consistency. It can be medium. And mine will always have a little bit of pink in them. That's the way my family likes it, or at least the way my wife and I like it.
1: Yeah. And if so. the kids don't like it, then they can go get the peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. They can have peanut butter and jelly. So uh, with, uh, with, yeah, with pork for so long, it started to be compared to chicken, right? Like the other white meat. And then, so people started to get a little fearful that if it's pink, am I going to get sick from eating this as opposed to meat with, uh, with red meat, we all know, you know, a little red's fine, not a lot of red, right? So, yeah. I mean. I guess are are there things that that you guys do on the education of the consumer that helps them understand that the pink inside of the of the pork, especially the pork chop, is okay?
2: There is. We actually have on staff. We have um, chefs that help create a lot of our recipe content. That you know, we have influencers, social media influencers that are, are professional cooks or semi professional cooks that will also create content and they educate on that as well. Right? It's more than just. Here's the steps you take to cook something. Here's the finished product. It's it's the education behind. And actually, our executive chef was uh trained by Emeril Lagasse. So he's fairly, fairly educated in the kitchen, right? He's sold a couple huh. of restaurants. Uh, you know, we're blessed to have him. Uh a lot of our 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 audience, our consumers, our followers, our fans are some of our best educators. You know, because again, it's, you know, there is our executive chef who's trained by Emeril And then there's Matt and Greg who were self-taught and watched on YouTube, right? And there's value in in the way I'll explain something to you versus the way a professionally educated chef will explain it to you.
1: Sure, that was kind of my next thing is you have all these people who get started and then a lot of people find a passion for it. How do you go from good to great? How do you experiment wisely when smoking?
2: I, I think the same way you go from good to great in anything, don't be afraid to fail. I mean, I have probably thousands of dollars in meat that went right to the garbage can because I pulled that off and went, oops, I did what I did wrong. You know, I'm not going to redo step two. Um, try different wood flavors. That's an easy way to experiment, right? The The best way to put different flavor profiles in is don't just do hickory. You know, try a cherry, try a peach. Apple. Uh, apple, right? Uh, and, and peach, I use a lot down here in Georgia. I have access to it, right? Yeah, lucky. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, Try different flavors, try different spices, try different seasonings, try different temperatures. Uh, all of those things in combination or individually will affect the outcome of the meat. And and you'll find, you know, what might be a positive outcome for me might be a negative for you. And so you got to just try, uh, you know, everybody, my wife likes a heavy smoke flavor. Some people don't. So you just got
1: to play with that, right? And was it in the South? Was it like baptism by fire, by doing a whole hog?
2: Oh, whole hogs are fantastic.
1: Yeah. Have you ever done a whole hog?
2: I, I have, but not on one of my smokers. We we went the old fashioned way and we dug the hole. Gotcha. And we did it in the ground. Uh, I would recommend to your listeners that you talk to your spouse before you do that. Because <laughs> um, that's not something that is a pleasant surprise always necessarily.
1: Gotcha. So I guess, can you talk through the whole hog experience?
2: It's it's really the same thing. It's, um, you know, it's a longer cook. It's a different cook, but there, the way the whole hog will come to, you can actually stuff stuff inside the hog to get some flavor. So uh-huh. the way, I, I would say it's almost like if you put your stuffing inside the turkey for Thanksgiving.
1: Gotcha. But I mean, you're That's- digging a hole for this though. You're digging a hole. You don't have conventional tools to do it so you got to manage the smoke and the temperature in a different yeah. way so
2: you just you're creating a, a smoker in the ground right so you dig the hole you put the charcoals in you put kind of a wire rack on top you get enough distance that you're not sitting right on the coals you put some of the hickory in there You, you know you cover up the the pig and then you just kind of put the dirt back on right but you have the pig wrapped carefully and covered so it doesn't get dirt on it recover the hole and away you go and then at yeah,
1: swine, swine Tech, we have an individual who's from Mexico and they called it pig in the coffin because you, you, yeah. you bury the bury the pig. And, and You bury the
2: pig. But I will tell you something. You come out, that skin is crispy. It's phenomenal. The meat is moist and juicy. It's phenomenal. Um, you can even, like all of it's just pull apart with your fingers. It's just fantastic. Um, it's a great experience. But I would say practice a few things on a smoker or on a grill
1: first. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine that'd be a pretty big mistake. I I wouldn't want to be there for a guy who tried smoking his first pig by doing a whole hog.
2: A whole hog in the ground. You (laughs) you spend a little bit of money on that. The whole hog's a little bit more money than an eight-pound pork butt, but it's a fun experience.
1: So what is one of your more challenging, or I guess if somebody was going to try to smoke something and it's pork, what, what is the brisket equivalent?
2: The brisket equivalent of pork Probably, I, you know, ribs are the one that are the most debated on what the process is. Okay. So I, I'm going to go ahead and say ribs only because there are so many different schools of thought on the best way to smoke ribs.
1: How, why is that? Like, what are they? There, there's one
2: that's, there's a three, two, one. So you smoke it unwrapped for three hours. You smoke it foiled for two, grill it for one to get that, that charred top. Um, I go a three and one myself where I do three hours unwrapped, one hour foiled. And then I go stick it under the broiler in my oven just to kind of caramelize the top. There are people that will start it in the oven and then move it to the grill. And so while ribs are not hard to cook, it's just debated what the best way is.
1: Gotcha. And
2: so there's a lot of different ways to, to cook ribs and they all come out great. Um, there's also debate about which ribs are better. I myself am a baby back over St. Louis, but you know, that's, that would probably be the equivalent. Otherwise what I would say, but the nice thing about pork is it's so much easier than brisket. Yeah. I have, I've cut, I myself have done 10 briskets in my life. I've ruined five.
1: Um, one for one. I'm, I'm a hundred percent success right now. (laughs) And ruining it or having it be good good but i don't want to do another one because i'm already gonna ruin it where'd you buy it from
2: <laughs> Costco. Costco. Yeah, there you go. uh you bought it finished right like
1: it was already smoked oh, for oh it? yeah uh, yeah, no yeah i went to the yeah, store yeah. and just ordered yeah. the brisket
2: i went to bob's barbecue and just ordered it his takeout it was good um I, that's one of the things i love about pork rice right, it's got a lot of flavors great flavor it's forgiving there's a lot of ways you can smoke it, it it's harder to ruin than a brisket
1: and the leftovers can be attributed to so many other dishes.
2: Uh, so right. Like I said, uh, my, my family's favorite thing is I do a, a barbecue pork pizza. So instead of pizza sauce, I use, instead of tomato sauce, I use barbecue sauce, a little bit of leftover pork, some scallions, some mushrooms, smoked mozzarella cheese on my smoker on a pizza stone at about 550 for 10 minutes. And you got to sell a good pizza. Um, I do jalapeno poppers where it's jalapeno, cream cheese, a little bit of pork wrapped in bacon.
1: Those are good. That sounds real good.
2: Um, Cold pork, mac and cheese. I mean, and and so that's the thing, right? I mean, like, you know, there are certain cuts of meat where you'll eat it once. You're like, ah, the leftovers will sit in the fridge forever. Pork, there's so many different things you can do with it. Um, And again, I'd encourage your audience, go Check out the different social media platforms, whether it's ours or someone else's, there's there's a lot of good recipes. I'm sure the pork council has some good recipes on their platforms too.
1: Yeah, pork uh, pork does. And uh I guess one thing too, like from my end, like there's 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 Kansas City cold pork. Yep. And you got you got vinegar-based cold pork. Yep. And there are a, I feel like you could screw up vinegar-based cold pork very fast. So like for those out there who are trying vinegar-based pulled pork, don't give up on it if the first time you had it, you're like, this isn't good because right. somewhere in the sweet spot is the best pulled pork I've ever had in my life.
2: Yes. it's Again, it's play with your sauces, play with your spices. Um, if you didn't like it today, try again. Because there are, my I myself, I don't use sauce with my pork at all. It's just a flavor thing, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So but what? I, I, I think Go ahead. I was saying, I think you hit on a key point. Though the thing is, don't give up. Don't get discouraged. It's uh, keep trying. It's a fun, it's a fun, relaxing, cathartic thing to do. Smoking and grilling. Uh, we're all coming into summer here. We're going to be able to get outdoors. If you have one bad experience, just dust yourself off and, and try again.
1: So, would you say that's your golden nugget, or what's a golden nugget you have for everybody from for life that you've learned?
2: My golden nugget, that I would say around grilling and smoking is you really, the thing I always tell people is that if it tastes good, if everybody eats it, you did good. You know, don't try and hold yourself up to those barbecue competitions you see on TV. You don't have the perfect smoke ring. Who cares? The only measuring stick I use when I'm smoking and grilling is how many, how much did I have left over? You know, I mean, if my family eats it and they're full at the end and they're happy and no one's saying, dad, that was terrible you did good.
1: Yeah. No, thank you for joining us on the Popular Pig Podcast. It's been great to have you on and and to talk about this. I know a lot of people are always curious when they walk down the aisle and they see pork, what do I do with this? And if they only knew that there are 10,000 things they could do with it, I think we could see a heck of a lot more demand domestically when it comes to pork.
2: Absolutely. So good luck to you guys.